Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name is Anna Johnston and our podcast shares the twists and turns of the career journeys of a wide range of women of Aotearoa. We hope that by listening to these stories that you'll feel inspired in your own career. Now today's episode is one of a special five-part mini-series that we're really proud to have developed in collaboration with Te Taurapa Tūhono, New Zealand Trade and Enterprise. NZTE helps grow Kiwi companies internationally, bigger, better and faster, for the good of Aotearoa and the world. Each of these five podcast episodes brings you an inspiring story of women who've taken their Kiwi companies to the global stage. A big thank you to NZTE for their support to bring these stories to life. And if you'd like to find out more about NZTE and how they might help you grow your business, search online for NZTE Women in Export. We really hope you enjoy listening. And if you'd be interested in any leadership or career coaching to support your own career journey, drop us a line, hello at thefemalecareer.com. I'm really looking forward to speaking today with Mary Bond and Robin McLean. Mary and Robin have been best friends since they were kids, and in 2017 they launched a business together, Hello Cup, a fun, comfortable, hypoallergenic, recyclable menstrual cup, made here in New Zealand. Since then, their company Hello Period has gone from strength to strength, growing internationally and launching a range of new period products. They're also passionate about being a business that makes a positive impact on our planet, and since launching, their business has saved over 200 million single-use tampons and pads from going to landfill. In terms of their career backgrounds, Mary has been a nurse for over 20 years and with her most recent years as a palliative care nurse at hospice. Robin started her career as a journalist before moving into communications, PR and marketing. Can't wait to hear more today. Kia ora Robin, kia ora Mary, thank you for joining me today. Kia ora Anna, Anna. thank you for having us. Wonderful. Well I'd love to start first of all in the early years of your career before we actually get to the Hello Cup. Mary could I start with you? As I said in the intro you're a nurse by background. Can you tell me about the first few years of your career? Oh, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I went straight into nurse training uh, after school. It was pretty much always what I wanted to do. Uh, And when I finished, I actually went into neonatal intensive care nursing, which I did for 12 years, including a couple of years working in London, as we do, or as we used to. Um, And then really in the last sort of 13 years, I've worked in palliative care and Mary Potter Hospice in Wellington and I have a, a focus on um, paediatric palliative care which is a passion of mine so yeah I've kind of been combining two quite different careers but both obviously really satisfying. Yeah absolutely and I can imagine both the work as a neonatal intensive care nurse but also as a palliative care nurse hugely rewarding but also can be I can imagine also very challenging you know tell me a bit about the the bits that you love about that work but also the bits that maybe you found more tough. Um, So your palliative care, it's interesting actually, I was talking to a nurse practitioner that works with me at Mary Potter and, you know, we're talking about palliative care and sometimes people leave palliative care because it is really challenging and often really sad, but more often than not they return because it really uh, is in your blood. And we're talking about the fact that being a palliative care nurse is is who you are and, and not what you do. It really is the most amazingly rewarding work. I've always been hugely fascinated by people's relationships with each other and their stories and 
often in palliative care, you get to hear those stories and hear about people's lives, which I just think is fascinating. And often in palliative care, you can come into situations where people are in crisis and you have to develop trust and rapport really quickly. And I think that's a skill that I have. You know, I can read situations quite quickly and then walk alongside people when they're going through really difficult times. And People who work in palliative care are really special people. They have incredibly outrageous sense of humour, which seems unlikely, but it's very true. You know, there's a lot of joy, and I, I just love it. I absolutely love it. So, yeah, it's challenging, and it can be very sad, but I don't think I could do another type of nursing. It's it's very special. Mm, it feels very much, when you talk about it, like a vocation. Robin, what about you? I believe you started your career as a journalist. I did. I did. I started... My first job was at the Taranaki Daily News, and um, I was a news- newspaper reporter for years. I moved around the traps, as reporters tend to do, Sunday Star Times and the Dominion Post in Wellington. Again, a little bit like what Mary was saying, I, I think I was drawn to journalism because of the people and being able to meet new people and hear their stories, be able to ask questions that you couldn't normally just walk up to someone and ask, but because you're a journalist, you've got this credential that kind of allows you to be not so much super nosy, but just, um, you know, really find out what makes people tick or how they started their careers. So, yeah, I, I never thought it was a career that I would leave, but still feels, I guess, a bit like Mary and and nursing. I think it will always be part of me. Mm, And I think from journalism, if I'm correct, you moved into sort of broader marketing, communications, PR. What prompted that shift? Um, Having a baby. When I had my daughter, I was working in the newsroom. And at that stage, every reporter still had to do a night shift a couple of times a month. And when she was young, I was a solo mum and I could not make it work essentially to do 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. for a full week every couple of months. So, you know, I think the journalism world has changed a lot since then, but I was the, at the time I was the only mother working in the newsroom. So that was really what made me cry. I went from the Dominion Post to the, to the Royal New Zealand Ballet uh, job which I loved doing their communications and yeah the hours were a lot more parent friendly. Yes I can imagine and a great example I think of well how organisations and some of the structures that they put in place they don't always think about the needs of a, a broad range of people and I think as you said in this case um, parents yeah. but uh, also as you mentioned I hope things have changed now for the better and we'll come on to it in a bit but I can imagine that combination of both of your skills the marketing PR journalism side alongside the healthcare nursing background would have been hugely useful in your in your business but we'll get to that I guess so how did the idea for, for Hello Cup come about? <laughs> Go, Robin. <laughs> um, so, well, we both had had terrible periods as teenagers, and we hadn't really talked about it. Though, even though we were best friends at school, it was just not a conversation that was had openly. I guess in, in those days, and as we got older and we had kids, you know, things didn't change. Were well, definitely not for me. My periods continued to be awful and I had heard about menstrual cups but only just sort of in a 
vague sense. I'd, I'd read about them somewhere. I thought that they sounded good, but, you know, I'd never seen them for sale. I did some research and one day I thought, well, actually, I'm going to try this because for me, in theory, it, it sounds really great. You know, they, they hold more than tampons and pads. They're sustainable and I'm always up to try something new. So I located one in a pharmacy near me and tried it and it was instantly life-changing. I just could not believe that... I hadn't known about menstrual cups properly years ago and I immediately went to think about how my schooling would have been so much easier if I had had something like that because you don't change them as often and you're never caught short, obviously, because you've got it inside you, so you don't need to worry. And so I called Mary and I said, look, we've always talked about doing a business on the side. I have just tried this product it's amazing but I think we could do a better one and I think we could do one that's made in New Zealand and I don't know it was just it was just random and I I don't know what I was expecting Mary to say but she was kind (laughs) of quiet and then she said okay yeah yeah that's a good idea and we instantly just started brainstorming ideas and both our husbands were like, yeah, that's a that's a great idea. And I think a, a part of it was we both have daughters and you know, you're always thinking about the future and what we can do to help the next generation. And so that, that was a big motivating factor too. So we actually, we just got designing, we brainstormed a name and Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Wonderful. And what's really interesting for me, you know, lots of people have business ideas and they go, wouldn't it be cool if we did that? And they, you know, brainstorm them over a glass of wine with a mate or whatever. And this, it feels like it instantly was like, this is more than that. And I think we can do that. I guess, what was the transition from this could be a good thing to maybe do on the side to actually this can become a business? It's really interesting, actually. In that initial phone call, which was on kind of a rainy Sunday afternoon, I remember it very clearly. I think the promise from Robin that it was it would just be a little part-time thing, and, and it was probably lucky she said that because if she had said at that point, look, it's going to be this business and it's going to be really busy and we're going to employ people and you're going to have to work 80 hours a week and, you know, not get paid for a few years, it probably would have never, ever come to fruition because I would have said, I'm too busy. I've just got a little baby, Um, I've got a job, you know, I can't do it. But I think in the beginning we felt like, oh, this is a really good idea and it might just be a little company, but it gives us an opportunity to do something really great and actually have a lot of fun while doing it and it's an excuse to hang out with each other. So I think, you know, it was probably quite good that we had just little notions of what success looked like at at the beginning. Otherwise, I think we probably would still be just having a glass of wine and talking about what if we'd started that company, you know, five years ago. So I think we just kept moving forward. You know, we found people that could help us. You know, we did one thing and then we met another person that could help us and then suddenly we found uh, a company that would be able to manufacture and suddenly it was becoming very real and I think you know we had a few friends that said gosh I can't believe you actually you're actually doing it so when I look back it feels a bit surreal but um, it just was you know we were both really motivated and you know we enjoyed doing it together and it just 
kind of came to fruition. I think also that um, very early on, once we started manufacturing, we started getting emails from people we didn't know who said that the Hello Cup had changed their life. And it was really, really emotional for us. We were, you know, it was just the two of us for a very long time. And I remember Mary calling me in tears going, I'm so pleased that you, you, brought me into this journey it's so amazing and and it really but it really was like that it was we didn't think about the future when we started I guess is is probably one of the big differences between us and a lot of other people who start as a new business we didn't look to the future we didn't do forecasting we didn't do any spreadsheets we just wanted to start and see what happened and we're lucky we we were in a privileged position we weren't we didn't have too much risk at the start it was just us if we as Mary said if we hadn't done it we would have probably be having a glass of wine and and looking back and and lamenting the fact we didn't do it Mm. and I think you know even as you talk about it you can hear it's got the the kind of the foundations of a of a good business even in those early days which is okay we think there's a customer need and there's also a gap in the market and we feel like there's massive purpose in behind it you know so that all those things are helpful doesn't necessarily need to have a massive plan for global domination from uh, from day one of starting out and then how has the business then developed to where it is today uh well <laughs> It's been very organic, and I don't think either of us would say it's been easy. We have, you know, we, we are still a startup, and I guess the the international component grew very much by word of mouth. We didn't have any budget to promote our cups overseas. We got cold calls from retailers like Urban Outfitters saying, you know, can we stop you? And it was that moment that made us realise that somehow uh, word was out. And so I guess from that point, we pulled our socks up, started taking life a bit more seriously. Uh, We employed, we started to employ a few people and really get into the things that we would have chuckled at you know, only a few months earlier, you know, things around building a strategy and, and looking to the future. And tell me a bit about where um, where the business is at today. You know, see beyond New Zealand, I think you're exporting to Australia, to the US. Um, yeah, tell me about where, where the business is at today. This coming year, we're starting a focus on the US market. We have a um, some NZTE support to um, help us move into the US. And the reason we chose the US is, well, actually, we also did a study with NZTE looking at New Zealand, Australia, and US audiences and their attitudes to sustainable period products. Because one of the challenges we've had is obviously for years and years, there has only been two options for most people, which are single use tampons and pads. So the sustainable period market is is new and it's and it's a big change and it's quite a lot for some people to get their heads around so we needed that that research that we did with NZT was actually amazing and identified interestingly that the US was kind of ahead of Australia 
in terms of willingness and openness to using sustainable period products. We assumed that Australia being our neighbour was kind of going to be a natural fit. Um, and I've talked to other businesses subsequently who've had similar results. So, yeah, really interesting. Obviously, the US market is not necessarily easy, but there's no language barrier. It's easy for us to jump on a plane, which is what I did a couple of weeks ago, went over and had a look at where we would like to be, what retailers we might go into. And yeah. I'm guessing you know, the, the journey from, or, or to actually start exporting to, as you said, a different market. Yes, they speak the same language, but lots of cultural difference, lots of logistical challenges, I'm sure, you know, potentially different ways or um, kind of cultural comfort around talking about periods how has that export journey been today what have been the what have been the great bits about it what have been the tough bits about it our logistics is definitely the pain point I think um you know or probably all New Zealand businesses that are exporting or importing are really struggling with that you know it's just we really um you know we're a B Corp certified organisation which you know means we take our environmental and social responsibilities really seriously and so freight is a is a really a big part of that and trying to lessen our, our carbon footprint wherever we can and not use air freight but you know when you're running out of stock or you're trying to get stock to the US and it just sits on a ship for months and months, it really has a profound um, effect on, on our business. So that's been really hard. You know, we'd also, at the beginning of this year, we released a new product, which is our Hello Disc, and it's really just blowing forecasting out of the water in terms of the sales. But you know, we just can't we just can't get them um, quick enough, and we can't get them to the US um, quick enough. And so, you know, the the logistical and freight challenges have been really overwhelming for us, like they have been for many many businesses. So, you know, hopefully that will start settling down. But it's certainly been very tricky and very expensive. Yeah, I can imagine. Interesting, you talk about that kind of. There's very often a tension between being a good business, doing the right thing at the same time as growing your business and and being profitable too. So finding that can be a can be a tough tension to manage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was interested, you know, as part of that growth journey, if I understood correctly, you went out and raised some capital last year. And having read a little bit about the the kind of background and the story, I think in the early days you'd funded it yourselves, maybe had some challenges with um, getting some funding from a bank. You know, I'd be interested to understand a little bit more about your your journey of raising finance, how that has been? Well, well, what a ride. (laughs) It's really tough being a startup when, and, and, you know, you hear this story from others, there's so few of you, you're stretched as it is, you've got a great business, you've got a great business idea, but you get to a point where you need investment to be able to continue to achieve what you want to achieve and to achieve your dreams. And, you know, we were in a perfect storm. We had uh, some new product in development. We were dealing with COVID and we had growth plans, but we couldn't get on a plane and meet people. And we're so busy in the day-to-day. How do you even go about raising capital? You know, we, we really couldn't afford to even step away from the business to go and schmooze and probably also to be really honest wasn't something that Mary and I 
it's not our world. So we actually used a platform called Snowball. It's sort of an equity crowdfunding platform, and it was amazing. It was the best thing we could have done for our business. I mean, Mary might have another view, but what I loved personally about it was that it gave the opportunity for people who believed in us to invest in what we do and become part of our team. And, you know, we did speak to some some larger scale investors and they're they're used to just chucking a whole lot of money at a company and kind of being the sole investor, whereas now we have over 300 new, we call them team members, but they they put their money behind us and you know we feel this huge sense of responsibility now and it's it's been great it's a really amazing motivator but also it injected a sense of pride into not just for Mary and I but I think for the whole team that there are people out there that love what we're doing it's not just us yeah wonderful and you know, you talked about that sort of team and the different people that you've spoken to or got involved along the way. As you've gone on the process of going global, what support has been helpful for you along the way? Um, Gosh, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, there's sometimes you really have to work hard to work out who the best support is for us. And, you know, you do get quite a lot of unsolicited advice along the way and you really have to kind of, because you do have such limited time and I think that's why NZT have been so fantastic. Ravi is our main man and he has really, you know, taken us under his wing and he's given us a huge amount of support and guidance and introduced us to the right people, key people who've been able to really get us on on the right track and give us the right support. So that's been invaluable. And I I suppose we feel Robin's really much more involved with with that relationship than I am. But, you know, it feels like we're really just at the beginning of of what's on offer and it's really exciting. And I know as the year goes on, you know, the opportunities with NZTE are increasing and we're just really, really excited about that, aren't we, Robin? Yeah, I think it's it's nice knowing that you've got this sort of middle Uh, I guess an organisation who's working with other like-minded businesses and it's an easy way for them to, you know, they can help connect us to others who are at a similar stage or if we have a question, they can say, oh, why don't you talk to so-and-so and they've just got into this retailer and they can give you a bit of background. So that's always, it's just so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, with busy lives, already running the business, busy lives outside, to have somebody to go, this is the person you need to speak to, rather than you having to try and figure that out yourself, I can imagine, be hugely helpful. But also people who've done it before, who've been there before, who can bring that market expertise. Yeah, super. And I was interested, what I have loved and kind of understanding a little bit more about your business is it's fun, it's colourful, it's also a bit irreverent as well. So, you know, tell me a little bit about how, how that came about. Right from the beginning, Robin and I really wanted the brand to really be a reflection of what was important to us and fun and humour is important to us. And so we knew that if, you know, that our customers would appreciate that too. So, and it's always been really, really important to us that there's a strong relationship and language, you know, that runs right across, you know, our social media, our brand story. So, 
you know, we hope that, you know, people really connect with that and kind of feel like it's a really honest, open, friendly dialogue between our customers and, and our brand. Yeah, one of the one of the key things we say is that we, we want to normalise periods, the conversation around periods. We all know that half the world has ex- experiences a period and yet uh, they just haven't been discussed widely. It's a bit like, you know, things like breast cancer used to be talked about in sort of hushed tones as well. And times are are changing. We Just because it involves a certain part of the human body does not mean that we need to shy away from conversations. So I guess our voice, our brand voice has always been like, talking to your best friend. We get customers who message us and they say, sorry if this is too much information. And we're always like, you, it's never too much information with us. You can, you can tell us anything. And we truly mean that. And we love getting messages from customers and, and troubleshooting. It doesn't mean we always have the answer, but it means that, if they, that, it means that they feel comfortable talking to us and coming back to us time and time again, which is, is what happens. Therefore, that kind of openness and approachability and absolutely means I'm sure you get hugely valuable customer feedback through through um, through those conversations. Oh, we do. And, you know, Robin and I, we both have daughters. Robin has one daughter, um, Harper, and, and I have three girls, two of which, you know, have their periods. And, you know, our daughters are really proud of us and they're really proud of the company you know and you know they they use our products and they're they're really you know quick to feedback and and so that's really encouraging too and their their friends love the company and they love the products and you know that's really that's pretty cool that's pretty special that was our aim to really and not necessarily for us because we were at the end of things um but (laughs) you know for, for the for that next generation to give them an option that we didn't have you know we're also very big on not telling people what they should use to manage their periods we we are adamant that it is a personal choice and it's but it's our role to educate about what the benefits are about using that come with using sustainable period products and also as um, manufacturers of period products it's our job to make them better than everything that has gone before so you know we are constantly looking at what we do and you know we say our cups are the most comfortable cups because that's how we designed them we want them to not just be okay we want them to be the best and our disc has uh you know our disc sales have been amazing because it's got a double looped removal tab uh which solves a problem that existed with existing discs so we haven't invented a new product menstrual discs existed but there was a key frustration out there and we've worked to address that by having this piece of design that is different to everyone else's and that's I think why it's been such an amazing seller for us. Mm, and I think most innovation is not necessarily creating something totally new. It's often improving what's already out there, making it better, making it a better fit for customers at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I'm interested, you're, I think I read in somewhere that, that you, know, you talked about the fact that 
the whole period market has been kind of tampons, pads, which actually is a great business model in that, you know, for 30, 40 years of your life, somebody comes back every year, every month and buys some more. Mm-hmm. And they're being manufactured by global FMCG companies. How have you handled that side? I guess we just don't really think about it, to be honest. You know, we, we believe in what we do. We we don't, you know, it comes back to education. Yes, big companies need to try and have models where people are constantly buying their products. But the world's changed. And when I think businesses need to look at their impact, and I think that comes back to why, we, why it's so important to us to be a B Corp. It's, you know, we've got a product that that is better for the environment and better for the, for users. And for us, that's what counts. And so we're, we're not necessarily going to make the gazillions of dollars that single-use period providers make, but we're okay with that. Mm-hmm. And also the potential market that is so massive that, yes, you know, you may not be um, selling products to your customer every month, but, you know, the potential of, getting people to switch to a sustainable journey is just so massive and you know we've just seen the most incredible change over you know the last five years we used to go into schools when you know when we had a bit more time we seemed to have a bit more time to be able to go into schools and you know talk to kids about sustainable periods and at the beginning they hadn't even heard of menstrual cups they were very niche product and now there's you know there's no way you would go and talk to 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds and for them not to know. You know, there's been so much growth in this market and just such a switch from it being kind of a bit gross, like a menstrual cup. And now it's just like, yeah, menstrual cup, got period undies, you know, come on. But, you know, why would you, why would you not? So, you know, there's just, um, there's just been this massive, massive shift. Uh, So, you know, we're part of that and we're, we're leading the way with innovation that just hasn't been seen and, you know, in the period space. And it's just really, really exciting. Yeah, our customers are incredibly loyal. And, you know, when we bring out a new product, they're first in line to, to give it a crack. And, yeah, it's just, we're just really excited. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. But the lack of innovation, as Mary said, just is, is mind-blowing. And when we started, menstrual cups was certainly not in any way, shape or form mainstream. But this, just last week, we were named Best Menstrual Cup by Cosmopolitan magazine. So to even get into a magazine like that, to to have our product, is so incredible. And for us, it, it just shows that our dream of sustainable periods becoming a, a genuine proposition it's happening, and it's happening in a far faster time frame than we ever expected. Mm, awesome. And I'd be interested to hear, you know, we talked a bit about your respective very different backgrounds, and I'm sure therefore you bring different strengths to the business. Could you tell me a little bit more about how that works? Well, I'm the funny one, and um, <laughs> uh, what else? <laughs> That's it. That's all. <laughs> oh, funny jokes. You know what? It's really interesting. We um, we do have different skill sets in terms of practical skills. Yes, we're different. Like Robin is a 
pure creative you know like she just writes so beautifully she's so eloquent and articulate in a way that I could never be you know she's just you know when she gets a vision of what things are going to look like photo shoots you know social media posts you know that's just her superpower she's extraordinary I'm much more of sort of relationship um, driven you know I'm I've always been really interested in our social relationships um, with different organizations that we've worked with over the past few years so I suppose that's where my skills lie so yeah it's really interesting we've sort of got the creative and re relationships but you know we have to work pretty hard on the uh, <laughs> on some of things like the the, you know the numbers and um, you know all the the you know sp spreadsheets and and businessy bits. Yeah, and but you know we we have help with that, and you know we have an amazing team that really are incredible in their areas uh, in the areas that Robin and I are not so strong in. And and obviously you know we've both learned a huge amount of skills that we didn't ever think that we would need to learn. Robin and I, we just, we're best friends. We were best friends before this. We're best friends now. We're always aligned with, I would say, almost everything. We almost never disagree, do we? Yeah. Like we are, we've got the same vision. We've got the same tastes. You know, we, we're so passionate about this business. And so it's been really easy. The, the Robin and I part, has been really easy and it's been such a joy. The challenges are always the other things, um, certainly not. I know, you know, friends go into businesses together and it can often end in absolute disaster, but it's been the complete opposite for Robin and I. Um, we've had a lot, of, a lot of fun along the way alongside some of the more challenging moments. I also think it has helped our, our business because there are real people behind this business and it was started for a real reason and, and that continues. I think also obviously having Mary as a nurse and being part of the business helps, you know, who hasn't met a nurse that they don't love? It's, it's, just, it's been an amazing asset for our story. Um, but, you know, when I say that, I don't want to sound superficial because our, our story is is genuine and our you know our hearts are really in this business we didn't start it in a way to say oh let's do this and, and make money we started it because we wanted to make a difference mm, and that came out even in the first bit that you talked about in terms of yourself Robin your own experience of using a menstrual cup it changed your life mm. um, and that you know you can you can hear that coming through loud and clear which is which is amazing you talked there um, Mary a bit about challenges and I you know look no no life no career no business is without its challenges without its tough times maybe if I start the question with you Mary you know if you look back at your career to date what have been the some of the toughest challenges that you've you've faced with hello it's it's definitely been financial um you know you want to grow and you want to take every opportunity that comes our way and you know that means that you need money to finance that and we really did start super small on the the tiniest budget but if you want to grow and you want to increase your team and you want to be able to fulfill these wholesale orders and bring out new products it's so expensive and you know really we've had 
such little support from banks uh, that just made it so hard for us because when you're when you're a growing business you you're not going to be turning a profit um, initially and they don't want to support you unless you're turning a profit and that was really really hard to get no's time and time again and you'd want an extension of your overdraft and you'd basically have to you know pull out a kidney and put it on a plate and present it to them and you know that was really really tough and you know you also have got this balance between wanting to hold on to your company hold on to equity um, and, and and actually then get investment, and so I think that's why the timing was really good with with getting investment and then being able to go into the next growth phase. But you know, when you when you have weeks and you think, gosh, you know, can we pay our staff? And then COVID hits, and you know, we've just taken a a three-year lease out on a, a space in central Wellington and then suddenly, you know, was the business even going to survive with COVID? You know, this is really challenging. You know, we have we have employees that we're responsible for and, and you know, they need to be paid above all else. And, you know, that's really, that's really hard. That was really, really hard um, having that responsibility and worrying about whether we were going to be able to pay people, which, you know, we, we were, but some, some weeks we were sailing very, very close to the wind. That was tough. Yeah, there were definitely weeks when we were juggling what bills we paid so we could ensure that our staff were paid. Like COVID was the biggest curveball, uh, obviously, and, you know, it also had an impact on our business because every business in the world moved online. And as a result of that, all your online marketing costs just went through the roof. So what you could, you know, when Mary and I first started and we'd, we'd boost a post on social media, we could do it for five bucks and make, you know, a really good return on, on that $5. And, <laughs> you know, those days, God, I'd love to return to them. So that was another a big challenge for us to have to overcome. Mm. Anything else for you, Robin, if you think back about your career and, and any challenging moments you wanted to share? Uh, look, no, I don't because, I, you know, I'm a big believer in you, le- you learn as you go and oh, there have been some huge, huge challenges, but we're still going and we're still innovating and, <laughs> you know, still married, not together. Mm, (laughs) mm. um, you know we've survived yeah nice and I guess uh, if I ask the question on the other side of the coin and Robin I'll start with you this time what are some of the proudest moments as you look back on your career to date Um, the proudest moments are that Mary and I are still best friends and that we have won lots of awards like I love outside recognition that we're on the right track Uh, we've won gold at the best design awards and as I said we just won best menstrual cup with the cosmopolitan magazine and they are definitely highlights also I think our staff are highlights we've got a great team and they're really they're, they're all different and it's just it's nice having a group of people who are helping us to do what we do Mm-hmm. Nice. Mary, what about you? As you look back in your career to date, what are you most proud of? Oh, I'm also really proud that, you know, Robin and I have done this together and, you know, we're still best friends. It sounds so cheesy, but it's really important to me, you know, and yeah, we have such a great team. I was just reflecting on when we won the best award. I actually, you know, we've been so excited about it because, you know, Robin and I love to 
you know, get dressed up and have a few drinkies sometimes on occasion. And we'd been really excited about the best awards. And then um, my whole family, including myself, came down with the most horrendous, horrendous tummy bug. And I remember that I was watching, I think Robin's husband FaceTimed me when um, we won our award. And I was just so proud of Robin going up there, but I felt so sad I wasn't there with her. But look, there have been these amazing moments. Sometimes I've just been packing packing cups you know I've been on the production line and I just sort of look down at them and they just kind of look so beautiful and I'm so proud of the product and it just hits me that you know we've kind of created this this great business I mean there have just been so many so many moments that have just really made me sort of feel like we've we've done good we've done good we haven't just sat, sat around on our bums we've really achieved something magnificent we've done it together so it's it's been a it's been quite the ride yeah it sounds like it and I can imagine um and one last question for you both then um it's one that we asked to all our guests as part of the podcast what career advice would you have for other women oh um surround yourself with people that will support you and just encourage you and are positive and uh, believe in yourself and and don't spend too long on um, market research especially if you're going to be releasing a product if you think the market needs your product just just get busy get it to market and then use your customers to to feedback and make changes you know Robin and I decided to start a business in June and and we released our first product in December and you know we've made lots of changes um, to our products along the way we've taken feedback from customers and we've we've used that to create new products I think get moving get it done believe in yourself I mean it's really I know it's really hard when you you know you're in a job and you've got an idea and there's that moment that you think gosh do I do I truly commit to this or or not? But, you know, if, if you believe in it, just do it. Just do it. And if someone says don't go into business with your best friend, ah, bollocks. It's great to have a sidekick. You know, it's really, really amazing to have someone to do it with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice. Thanks, Mary. Robin, what about you? What career advice would you have? I think that uh, females tend to have this amazing superpower with instinct. I would say... Trust your instinct when it comes to whether it's an idea or whether it's someone that you meet or someone uh, you are going to employ. And if you've got a good feeling about things, then follow that instinct. And the same goes for if something doesn't feel right, leave it alone, avoid it. Yeah, don't ignore the voice in the back of your head that's telling you do this or do that. Uh, it's very valuable. Mm, I think that's great advice, I think, and particularly in the world of business where there's so much rationality and logic and focus on the numbers and that actually tapping, as you said, I think often women do have a strong sort of intuition instinct and tapping into that more wonderful advice from you both. Thank you. And thank you both for sharing your story, your career journeys, the story of uh, Hello Cup and your company, Hello Period. Uh, It's been a real pleasure and to see along the way how you've still remained best friends alongside running a global business is pretty cool so thank you both thanks Anna oh thank you so much so good to talk to you thank you so much for listening to the female career podcast and I really hope that this story has inspired you in your own career journey a big thank you again to NZTE for their support to bring to life this story of a woman going global 
If you'd like to find out more about NZTE and the support they offer to help Kiwi companies grow internationally, then search online for NZTE Women in Export. And if you'd like to find out more about the leadership and career coaching that we offer at The Female Career, or if you'd like to book in a free introductory coaching session, send us an email, hello at thefemalecareer.com. Ka kite. Thank you.